His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. Jesus. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for who you are, for what you do for us, for being here. Lord, I just thank you for clarity tonight. And Lord, I thank you that what you want to come out is going to. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So, tonight I'm going to talk about expectation. And um, I didn't really realize what the Lord was doing. He kind of brought it all together at the end, the last few days for me. Um, but it's been going on for a little while, and he's, I think he's been teaching me how to renew my expectation, how to get it lifted high again, and how to, to believe him again. And um, the definition of expectation is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. And then I'm going to add, <laughs> when you have expect- expectation from the Lord, there's hope, joy, and excitement with it. I believe we're coming into a time where God's wanting us to raise our expectations for good things. I believe he's wanting us to know who we are and what is ours. It's already been purchased by the blood of Jesus. The scripture, it's Psalm 62, and it's 5 through 6. It says, I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes me takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my Savior and he will not fail me. For he alone is my safe place, his wrap-around presence, everywhere presence, always protects me as my champion defender. There is no risk of failure with God. There is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me, even when the troubles multiply? smack my face all the time that scripture alone raises my expectation of God 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 you've got good God you've got good right here he's without God there's no risk of failure that one alone is enough for my spirits to be excited I got to thinking and I feel like the Lord kind of broke this down for me and it was kind of to me it's like the simplicity of Jesus And the first thing was remember your testimonies. The second thing was know what he says about everything. And then the third thing is worship him. And so how this started was the Lord, he's just been, you know, working with our minds and our thoughts and all that stuff. And, And so I was just thinking and I was, I started remembering I was at a place where I was longing for healings to, to see manifested and so I just started praising him and remembering the things that he had done and when we came here over 20 years ago physically I was a mess I mean I was you know the medical world called me a train wreck and there were so many things wrong with me and they could not fix me and um, I came down here you know Brock and I neither one were raised in church you know, so good and bad. You know, the good is, <laughs> I don't have no any religious boundaries. <laughs> I know nothing. You tell me I'm going to believe it. Yeah. And I did. 
I came down here and I start hearing all these wonderful things about Jesus. I start feeling the Holy Spirit. His blood can heal me. I want it. I need it. Man can't fix me. Jesus, come on. I was excited. And so I, the first, I mean, it was, this was all before we were married, but probably the first six months we were down here. And, <laughs> and I'm going to read them off. These are like, these are big miracles. And I don't know how many I've ever even thanked him for out loud. And <laughs> so the, the first one, I had food allergies. I had major food allergies. I had five of them, and they would create um, huge migraines for me. And um, so I was doing um, allergy shots to try to help it get better. And then had a horrible reaction to the allergy shots and should have died um, when the middle of that reaction was going on. And this was right before we started coming down here. In the middle of that reaction going on, I told the Lord, because I had just been reading Acts. I didn't know anything. I told him, so if this is real, what I'm reading, and this is what you say, then I'm asking you to heal me. If this is not, then make it quick, because I don't want to lay here and suffer. And that's what I said. And I, <laughs> I was serious. And at that... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, I was almost dead. <laughs> my heart was almost exploding. My, I, everything had swelled shut. I could not breathe. They were on top of me. I'm um, getting ready to, to cut me, put a tracheotomy or whatever in to try to get me to breathe. Um, I, eyes were shut, blood pressure. I mean, they, you could, I could barely hear. And I knew they said, you know, they're like her heart, it's going to explode. Um, everything, by the time I was done, um, my whole body, bottoms of my feet, my scalp, everything was purple because I had swelled so huge. Um, <laughs> I was a miracle that I lived. And, um, but at that point when I prayed it, because I couldn't breathe, and I was laying there thinking, God, I don't want to suffer like this long. I don't know what's happening. So either you're real and heal me or you're not, so just let me go. And um, I sneezed at that point, and immediately I could breathe. And they were on top of me getting ready to, to cut, cut me. Um, and at that point, everything started coming back to normal. So at that point... I thought, okay, <laughs> you saved me. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> I got to find it. I want it because I have now tasted and I want more. And so I still had the food allergies though. So I had to be really careful with what I ate and stuff and came down here. That was one of the first things that I got healed of. Um, I mean, it's documented now. I've been tested. I have no food allergies. Um, Dr. Whitman finds food intolerances with everybody. And I have two, but he says they're so low. I pretty much don't even have a food intolerance. I mean, I've been healed. And um, the other thing, I came down here, I had an intolerance with uh, fatty foods. My gallbladder had been removed. And um, when that re becomes removed, you have a hard time processing anything with grease or fat in it. And so I had stomach aches all the time. And um, I just got prayer for it. I was sick of not being able to eat anything. And um, I got healed. I could eat whatever I wanted. All of a sudden, it didn't matter. Um, I go to, I've never had an ultrasound. I probably have a gallbladder, honestly, um, because Dr. Whitman's told me I have a good gallbladder, and I said, no, I don't have one. He said, um, I don't care. Your body acts like it does, and it says it's good. I'm like, okay, thank you, God. I might have one, <laughs> and if I do, it's good because God put a new one in, and so, so that was healed. I had, I had mitral valve prolapse as a heart issue. The only reason we knew I had it was because my chest hurt all the time. Went to the doctor, couldn't figure out why my heart hurt. And um, so they tried all kinds of medicines. And basically, my mitral valve prolapse is like an irregular heartbeat and things like that. Um, medicines never helped it, so I ended up quit taking them because nothing ever made it better. Um, 
I know that's gone because I've been to the doctor and you know, had babies, having my own heart, and it, it's never on there. My heart is totally regular, totally normal, and my chest never hurts. <laughs> that was gone 20 years ago. Um, acid reflux, had a horrible, none of the medicine, medicines ever touched it. Totally gone. Um, ulcers, <laughs> sometimes bleeding ulcers. Um, doctors couldn't fix it, and totally gone. Um, my ankles that were not right, they did not bend to the outside. Doctors had said, the only thing we can do is we can stabilize them. That way you're not getting the pressure on your knees from it, but we cannot fix them. There's nothing we can do to fix them. And, um, and because of that, I had major knee problems. Um, and the knee problems were the, I mean, they just hurt all the time, but they were crooked. So at 14, they completely rebuilt both knees and told me 15, 14. Oh, I don't, I, had, I don't care how many I had. <laughs> I had a lot of knee surgeries. But the doctors had told me because of what I had by the time I was 30, I would have to have my knees replaced. And because I would be so young when that happened, I was looking at two to three knee replacements for both knees in my lifetime. And, um, and, you'd never be able to carry and I'd, yeah, I'd never be able to <laughs> carry children. Yeah, I'm condensing. <laughs> and uh, so we come down here. I'm getting prayer for my knees because my knees hurt all the time no matter what I did. And God didn't just heal my knees. He healed my ankles too because my ankles moved to the outside. Miraculous, miraculous, miraculous. My knees quit hurting. I mean, these are miracles only God could do. <laughs> So I was reminding myself of all these things that he's done, all these things that he's done. And I started, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, God, I'm sick of, you, you touched me, but I want to be done. There's wholeness in your blood. I want wholeness. I'm cheating your blood, if not. He paid the price. That's mine. I want it. And so I started praying. I was like, God, I want to walk my knees good, unless I did stairs or hills. Well, <laughs> That's all I'm surrounded with. So I'm, I'm constantly, I'm having to deal with that. I'm like, I'm sick of this. I want to be normal. I don't want pain. And so I, I'm praying that way. And then all of a sudden, my back gets injured. And I was just like, okay, Lord, you're going to heal me. And started getting prayer. And didn't even realize at that point that my, I was coming up for prayer with expectation. I was coming up here to get prayer going, I, I'm ready. I'm getting healed. I hadn't even realized these things had changed, but I was feasting on the testimonies of his goodness and what his blood has purchased. And so I'm up here, and then all of a sudden, a bulging disc that was supposed to take four to six weeks and hopefully didn't need any more doctor attention goes back in overnight. And then the next week, you know, it's still sore. So I'm, I'm just happy with that. And I was like, I'm sick of hurting because it just still hurts. And I get prayer and immediately got, the pain had left me. I'm healed. And, and then the next thing I know, I thought I'm going to go walk. <laughs> I'm tired of this. So I'm going to go walk. I go walk. I've been walking for three weeks and I don't have a bit of pain. It is completely gone. Completely gone. <laughs> I, hey, Jesus, I cry over this stuff. I'm like, you're so good. You're so good. Yeah. So Isaiah 53, 4 through 5 says, Yet it was our suffering that he carried, our pain and distress, our sick to the soulness. We just figured that God had rejected him, that God was the reason he just, that God was the reason he was just so badly. I don't know if I typed that right. But he was hurt. Because of us, he suffered so. Our wrongdoing wounded and crushed him. He endured the breaking that made us whole. The injuries he suffered became our healings. That is the word of God. That is truth. 
That is what we need to believe. It doesn't matter. Oh, shoot, I'm getting a cold. Great. Well, hopefully by the next weekend I'll feel better. No, the truth does not say that. That is a lie. The truth says that his blood already purchased your healing. Get into the word and believe what he said over you because it's true. I don't care. Truth does not move and is not swayed by what you feel or what circumstances look like or what's smacking you in the face. It's the wind and the waves. The wind and the waves don't matter. They do not change who Jesus is and what he already paid for you. So then it goes into what does God say is true? And this is where I've been. I've just been searching, God, change my belief. Change my expectation. Everybody has expectations, right? You get, you get a cold. Oh, great. I'm probably going to feel even worse tomorrow. That's an expectation from the devil. That is not the Lord's expectation for you. That is not the one he wants you to have. He wants good expectations because he has good for you. So what does God say is true? So, this one kind of got me. Okay. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God, and then the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. Is that easy for everybody here to believe? Yeah. Salvation's easy to believe for. Salvation is amazing, but it is very easy to believe. I have no doubt that once I'm done here, I get to go to a wonderful, glorious place. And it is so exciting. I don't question that a bit. That is an easy one to grasp. Every single promise in the Bible is the same. We should be able to grasp all of them just as easily because they're all the same truth from the same God and he doesn't change. Every single one, I'm like, God, I don't want that one to be easier for me. I want them all to be that easy for me to grab a hold of. So what does he say? Who are we? Hebrews 13, 8. This is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is truth. That is who he is, and that is who lives in me. Romans 8, 28, and we know that to them that love God, all things work together for good, even to them that are called according to his perfect purposes. Knowing what the word says about everything lets us know who we are. It brings peace to the storms. It gives strength. strength. It helps raise our expectation because we know what the outcome should look like no matter what we feel. What we feel isn't supposed to have any effect on what we believe and expect for, period. Then yeah. the last one I have is the worship hymn. And I thought it was funny. Anna was sharing Sunday, and she brought up Jehoshaphat, and I've been reading on Jehoshaphat, and we had shared on it in, in class with the kids um, a couple months ago. And... Um, so I'm going to read on him. And I didn't realize, I'm like, I'm reading through it. I'm like, Lord, he did all these things. But worship, when we worship him, it brings single focus on the Lord. When we worship him, it reminds us who he is. Takes all of our attention off of ourselves. Makes all of our problems appear small. And we get to see the bigness and the goodness of, our, of Jesus, of our Savior. It changes the atmosphere. 
whenever you worship, whatever you're feeling, any kind of swirl or smacks or tossing or whatever, it dissipates because he comes. His presence is sweet and peaceful and joyful and oh my gosh, it's wonderful. Worship makes him bigger than any storm that you're ever going to be in. Any. And I was thinking, even tonight as we were worshiping, and we were singing about Jesus and his blood and the crosses, everything's been done, it's been paid for. And I was seeing Jesus at the cross. And all this stuff has happened to him. And he has so much humility. And he has so much, he's, he's so able to see into the spirit realm and not let him, his circumstances affect him at all, that he cries out for our forgiveness because we don't know what we're doing to him. How did we not know? We were horrible to him. We beat him. How could you do that to anybody, let alone Jesus, that had no crimes against him? And yet he stood there, and the humility <laughs> that he had, I'm like, there is no bigger storm than that. There's no bigger storm Jesus is enough for every storm you can face. So then I want to read 2 Chronicles 20, and I am, I am going to paraphrase it. I'm not reading the whole thing. And I'm, I, I'm reading out of the voice. We had internet issues, so <laughs> I was a little frustrated. But anyways, I'm reading out of this. So Jehoshaphat has solidified his throne fortified his nation, and he's got his appointed regional judges in, in place. And all of a sudden, a messenger comes, and he tells him a huge army is quickly approaching Jerusalem. They're coming from, you know, everywhere. But basically, they're two days away from you. And so Jehoshaphat was afraid. So he sought the Lord, and he required all of Judah's citizens to fast. Everyone gathered in Jerusalem from the city. So He's afraid. He's human. He immediately turns to the Lord, and he calls a fast. So he's asking everyone, not just himself, let's cry out to the Lord together. Let's seek Jesus. Not Jesus, the eternal God, whatever. But I say Jesus. And then Jehoshaphat goes through this time, and I'm not going to read it all, but Jehoshaphat starts remembering testimonies of what God had done for the, for the generations that were, were before him. He starts remembering, um, oh, our true God, you demonstrated that power when you exiled the in inhabitants of this land for your people Israel, and you gave it to your friend Abraham's children forever. Um, please demonstrate it again. Come, come, you know, come. He, he's remembering what the Lord had done, and he's asking him to come and do it again. Um, they go into a time of praying and fasting. Okay, so then now they've been praying and fasting, and now then here's God's answer. And um, he says, listen to me, all Judah, citizens of Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat, the Lord has responded to your pleading. Do not fear or worry about this army. The battle is not yours to fight. It is the true God's. Tomorrow they will travel through the ascent of Ziz. Meet them at the end of the valley before the wilderness. There I will be watching. Stand and watch, but do not fight the battle. Do not fight the battle. Keep your hands out of it. I'm going to do it for you. There you will watch the Eternal save you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or worry. Tomorrow face the army and trust that the Eternal is with you. 
So Jehoshaphat bows his head down low. Everybody falls prostrate, prostrate before the Lord <laughs> and worships him because they trusted the Lord completely. Meanwhile, then the praises start breaking out between, between them. So they start praising the Lord. Then it says early the next morning, they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. There Jehoshaphat's message to Judah was not about courage and battle. Uh, that hit me because I'm like, he knew, he believed, he had expectation that God was going to do this for him and they didn't have to do it. He didn't even bother to encourage them. You need to have courage, guys. We can handle this battle. It wasn't anything like that. Nothing. So Jehoshaphat says, listen to me, Judah and Jerusalem. Trust in the Lord, your one true God, not in your own abilities, and you will be supported. Put your trust in his words that you heard through the prophets, because earlier it was the prophet speaking that and we will succeed. There is no doubt, there is no wavering, there is no fear. He delivers the message that they needed to hear. He delivered a message that believed exactly what the Lord told him. He did not say anything else to undermine, well, hopefully if the Lord will show up, but if not, let's be brave. He wasn't anything like that. He knew he heard the Lord. So then the praises go out. And so then everybody's worshiping, and I'm just gonna paraphrase, but they, they go and they worship. And as they do, they get there and they see all the armies in the midst of their worship. They see all the armies turn against each other, start fighting each other, and every single one died. It says no one had escaped. No one. They watched all of them kill themselves. The enemy turned on himself and he destroyed himself. And God's people were able to stand there and praise the Lord and watch the Lord deliver them because they would have been wiped out. These were three huge armies coming to take little old Jerusalem and, and Judah. God saved his people. God kept his word. You can trust him. And then not only that, so here they go through this battle, this time of, oh, seeking God. And then they go, okay, he's going to do it. And they believe and the fear's gone. They get there. God does it. And then he blesses them. They had three days to plunder. It took them three days to get all this stuff from the enemy. He blessed them in the end. God has blessing in the end. You stand, watch the Lord move for you because he has blessing for you because he has good things for you. He takes every single thing you can walk through and he brings good out of it because he loves you and it's who he is. So that's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of, if it's okay, wanted to see if we could just lay hands on people that were needing healing tonight and pray with expectation. So I don't know. If, so if everybody that's wanting healing, I don't care what it is. If you want healing, then let's come up here to the front, and then everybody else, we're just going to lay hands on you, and we're just going to believe. Thank you for listening to this message. Yeah.